Hello, hello, hello. It's great to see you again for another installment of Advice You Can Trust. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. We've got James Nichols joining us momentarily. Uh, but look, first, we want to thank you so much for joining us for today's LinkedIn live stream. Or hey, look, if you're watching or listening to us on a platform after the fact, still great to have you with us. James and I, as you know, typically address a complex financial topic each episode. We tap into James's you know, unique perspectives, his dealings with clients over at Cumberland River Group, and you know, we tap into his experiences to learn a lot uh, when it comes to these various complex financial topics. Lately, James and I have had a lot of conversations surrounding the family element and the family dynamic when it comes to significant assets or wealth as a whole. We covered the family constitution. We've covered preparing heirs for their inheritances. Even last live stream and episode, we covered the different mistakes and pitfalls to avoid when it comes to successful family businesses. So a lot of family talk of late. This one, kind of struck from the same vein today, but a little bit different. Today, the topic of the day is should you be an executor? Sounds like a little bit of a daunting task, but luckily we've got James to kind of shed some light on it for us today and uh, and let us know if, hey, we should be or not. So let's go ahead and bring James out to get the conversation rolling. James, how are you doing this morning? Good to see you. Great to see you as well. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Yeah, no problem. Great to have you. Um, we've got a good conversation on tap for our, our viewers, our listeners for us today. You know, for all of us, James, there may come a day when we are asked to be an executor of an estate. So it's a task that obviously comes with some serious responsibilities when looking at everything that is, you know, entails within a given estate. But also there can be some risks that come into play if you're mismanaging duties on this front. So today we're going to look at what an executor is all about, and then we're going to decide whether or not this is a role that you, you know, if you're in our audience today, listening, watching, if this is a role that maybe you should consider taking on or maybe not. So James, to start us off today, high level overview, let's start with the basics here. Tell us what an executor does. Very broadly, an executor, either a professional providing the service, you know, for a fee similar to an administrative trustee, or as an individual layperson, you or me, this is the person who is legally responsible for sorting out the finances for someone who has passed away, administering their estate. That means, among other things, making sure debts and taxes are paid and distributing assets to heirs. The specific tasks involved and how complex they are depend largely on the specific details of the deceased and, and his or her estate as well as the knowledge of the executor going into the process. The responsibilities can vary on a state-to-state -state basis. There are several key roles generally performed by most executors. So um, here are eight examples. One, find and file the will. Two, set up an estate bank account. Identify the assets, liabilities, make notifications about the death. Then five, deal with active accounts and benefits pay debts, handle the taxes, and distribute the bequests out to the beneficiaries. Those are kind of eight quick checklists. Many estates can get more complex. There can be a lot more to it. But I thought that might help lay out some of the roles and responsibilities, certainly mm -hmm. more than just standing and reading out the will and <laughs> right. helping the family. It can, it can get pretty involved. Yeah, absolutely. James, a lot of our conversations on this show deal with families or businesses, individuals that have significant assets. A lot of, you know, we're talking maybe multiple properties, maybe multiple businesses, a lot that can be entailed within a given estate. So when you say eight quick steps, they might not always be as quick as you might want them to be if you're in that role. So 
this looks to me, this looks like to me that is, a, you know, a situation or a, or a job rather that you shouldn't automatically be saying, yes, sure, I'll be the executor of your estate without doing some thinking. Why is that the case? So that's absolutely correct. Thinking carefully about whether to do it yourself or to partner with an administrative trustee who may help. That's that's a key part. And, and often with so many things, it's understanding the scope of the responsibility, what the job might be, getting your arms around that, and then seeing if this is something that, that you do have the experience and, and the ability to help with. And many times you do, but oftentimes there's many steps that people just don't realize are involved. So rather than immediately saying yes, first learn what the job entails. This may create some discomfort initially if it's a family member or a close friend who's asking you to be their executor. They might wonder how you could possibly consider refusing the request. However, you likely will be better off down the line if you take time to consider the task and make the right decision for you and the heirs. And also to really be aware there you, you don't have to go it alone. There are other professionals who can step in similar to you know, somebody had a really complex tax situation and they came to you and said, hey, you know, here, please file my taxes for me. It's it's a lot to take on. You would likely say, well, glad to help and let me bring in, you know, a qualified CPA or technician who's, who's really able to handle that. So um, similar in this case, understand what the roles and responsibilities are. Maybe it is simple. Maybe it is all set up and you may be very qualified for it. But first, you know, take the time to to understand what's being asked and see if it's something you are able to fill. Right. My my gut reaction here is like it's you're applying for a job. You're thinking about taking a job. You need the job description. You don't want to start a career path without understanding the full responsibilities that are going to be entailed. This isn't a favor that you're doing for a friend, a, a family member. This is a big undertaking in some instances, especially, you know, when dealing with somebody with significant assets. So that being said, I'd like to, you know, take a step forward here and explore some of the specific responsibilities that being an executor, uh, you know, entails. So people can ultimately decide if this is the right role, if this is a responsibility uh, that they want to take on. So that being said, James, go ahead and talk to us a little bit about what all is involved when it comes to, you know, finding a will, you know, setting up the estate bank account. So when you file with the probate court, you are asking the court to confirm you as the personal representative of the estate. So mm -hmm. that's the first step. And it's, you know, not up to you. It's up to a judge. If you're confirmed, the judge will confirm, will grant you authorization to act on the behalf of the estate through certain documents. You'll provide these documents to financial firms, insurance companies, other institutions you deal with during the process regarding the setting up of the estate bank account. That might not be the second step you take, but it's likely something you'll need to do at some point in the process. Expenses of the deceased should be paid using money from the person's estate. That way you're not taking money from your own accounts and, and repaying it. That gets messy, for example. Um, you got to, I, I want to mention these are liability concerns that we're, we're seeking to mitigate um, you know, for the executor. You don't have mm -hmm. a, a bunch of liabilities you're exposing yourself to to the estate. Um, I know people never think about helping out a loved one, a family member this way, but we always like to double check how, what are the legal ramifications here. So um, you'll set up an estate bank account to which the deceased bank accounts, other cash will be transferred. That account also 
It's where money will pay to settle outstanding debts and um, owed for, you know, where the deceased money will go. Right. So, James, of these different responsibilities that you've mentioned, are there any in particular that are super noteworthy or super important? And then on the flip side, are there any that are really challenging, you know, to address that we need to make sure our audience is aware of? So one of the biggest roles you'll have as an executor is to identify and find all the assets of the deceased person. And Mm -hmm. this can literally be a hunt that requires digging through old papers, storage bins, safe deposit boxes, and so on, sometimes in multiple locations. You might also need to interview family members to learn about various assets and accounts that exist. The fact is not all assets will be described in a will or a simple list. This is part of a process that can involve even getting physical items, artwork and jewelry, Um, from family members and others who are currently in possession of them. A key part of your job here is to protect and to maintain the property. That might mean securing valuable art, but also ensuring that, you know, insurance policies don't lapse, particularly on the property casualty side and selling, you know, highly volatile positions. And this comes up on, you know, equities, stocks, but also in family businesses, if there's you know, a contract that's rolling through, these things can get complicated pretty quickly. So you'll, you'll search through also for creditors who, you know, may owe the deceased money as these mm-hmm. bills will be paid from the estate and must be paid out before any of the, um, the assets pass to heirs. So it gets a little complex. Yeah. You want to say complex, man. So when you're dealing with a family that has significant assets, a lot at their disposal, businesses, jewelry collections, cars, homes, you name it. Any advice, you know, for for being successful in this hunt for assets? Is there a particular approach that an individual or an executor should be taking? Well, there's probably a a ton, but I I certainly am not aware of all of them. One that we've seen some of the professional trustees, the uh, administrative trustees who serve as professional executors, one of their first steps we've seen them take is to go ahead and you know, to identify the assets and liabilities um, that, that is in an estate to quickly shift the mail um, that's being delivered, you know, to, to that, that deceased person, shift that mail to themselves so that they're able to quickly start getting the monthly bills and the notices as they come in. Um, so it helps them learn about what, what assets are there but also it gives them that key step to be able to cover the liabilities, to, to pay off the debts as soon as they're coming in. So um, that way you'll receive the documents such as statements for investment accounts, bank accounts, and the like. So that, that's one tip that I've seen from professional executors that they've done to, to quickly change the mail and watch the notices as they come in. And the other one is to work with the professional team that's already in place, whether it's the financial advisory group, the CPA, sometimes the the estate attorney. Uh, But keep in mind, some of these assets require probate. They go through the court and others are non-probate. Probate Probate assets pass through the person's will. And the non-probate assets, those pass directly to heirs, circumventing the need to go through the court process. So let me give a few examples. Um, Joint and survivorship property, life insurance benefits, and also qualified retirement benefits for IRAs. So those are a few things that um, may pass outside of the regular probate process. 
Right. So, I mean, that's a, a beast in and of itself, you know, the assets, taking a look at them, making sure they are, you know, properly accounted for, allocated, you name it. So then switching gears over to the other, the flip side of assets being debts and taxes, you know, uh, that the deceased uh, had in within their life beforehand. Walk us through this, this realm. You know, I feel like this is also a little bit of a tough one to get through, but also an equally important role. So we touched on this earlier. I just want to highlight liability is the key here. By paying the deceased debts from the estate's funds, you're not personally liable as the executor, whether professional executor or as, a, as an individual lay person. You, that's something that is always first and foremost, make sure you, know, you keep the lines clear between the executor as an individual and the professional role that's going out of the estate's funds. Once notified, Creditors can make claims to the estate to get paid. And as the executor, you'll determine the validity of those claims, paying the legitimate ones, but also you have an absolute responsibility to decline the ones that are illegitimate, usually not nefarious, but just something that, um, you know, if there's something that was canceled or, or is not recurring, or even we see this a lot where there's bills that come in for a future service for a, a future year, which obviously is not going to be needed any longer. So th those have to get um, addressed. That's all on the debt side. But also remember, if you reject a claim, the estate you know, can, can wind up in a court battle and it can really drag things out where in almost every case, the, the goal is to be as expedient as possible. Um, other expenses that come up, of course, are funeral costs, probate and administrative fees, and also property taxes. So you're responsible for having the assets valued for tax purposes and to determine whether estate taxes are owed. There's a, a preparation of a federal or a state uh, estate tax return. I highly recommend not going the do-it-yourself route on that stuff. Certainly, you know, engage a CPA, but it's very much worth it in in my opinion um and perhaps also you know there's an estate income tax return as well as some personal income tax returns um to cover the the final year of the deceased life so these are you know again back to that part where you don't want to um uh, go out and, and necessarily become a cpa yourself mm -hmm. and just in order to fulfill this role engage right. the right professionals we always are, are very uh proactive and encouraging that part. Sure, sure. James, we've thrown a lot at our audience in terms of the responsibilities, both on the assets, the debts, you know, the liability coverage. We've thrown a lot at them. Do you find that after having some of these conversations that some people are surprised by all that entails with this role? Like, do you do you often find that they're assuming that, you know, this is just a relatively simple job of, you know, divvying up the deceased person's assets to the heirs? Sometimes, yes. And, um, and I find that there's a lot of things like that in our lives where, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, what we don't know, we think of as easy. And then after right. we've done it, we kind of look back, oh, well, maybe we should have mm -hmm. assessed that a little more yeah. carefully. Yeah, this is absolutely. definitely one of those, the popular image of, you know, oh, okay, I'll be emotionally, you know, fraught, but I'll just be showing up and reading the will. And, and then, you know, uh, uh, that's it. Um, that, that image kind of comes to mind, but it's important to know that distributing the bequest to heirs and beneficiaries that comes after 
the bills, the creditors have been paid, the account's been opened and closed, the returns have been filed. All the beneficiaries then need to sign a release saying that your job as the executor is complete and that you've done your job satisfactorily. At that point, you'll see the beneficiaries get what they're supposed to according to the will. A lot of times people have that in mind that, okay, it's just that last step that they're mm. signing up for, but all the work before it is really right. quite um, intricate. So there's, there's a lot leading up to um, this part of the process. Absolutely. Uh, so to kind of bring our, our conversation to a head, and I want to kind of circle back on a point that I know you touched on a little earlier, but it's important and I want to make sure our audience gets it. Do you know, executors, do they need to worry ultimately about any risks to themselves or challenges for themselves in doing this job? Because yes, you know, in theory, this is all the deceased's responsibilities, their assets, their debts, their liabilities, all of that is theirs. But when they take that on, what kind of worries or responsibilities should they ultimately concern themselves with personally speaking? So they do, executors do need to be aware of the risks and challenges coming into this job. If you're an executor of an estate, or you're thinking about making a family member an executor of your estate, there are legal and fiduciary responsibilities that are built into the position. So even if you're extremely financially savvy and you have lots of management experience in, in financial matters, you still may not be at all familiar with the elements of what it takes to be an effective executor. Some of the key risks that you want to consider is the personal liability exposure. And this is different for different people. Everyone kind of thinks about their personal liability different, but there is an exposure there that, you know, you, if you're paying creditors, paying tax bills before you're distributing um, inheritances to heirs, then, you know, you need to protect the value of the estate, but you are personally in there and and can be exposed to yourself um, legally. So that that's something that we want to always make sure people, if they want to step into this role as executor, they're aware of what that might be. And also it's one of the real benefits of engaging as a co-executor or a partner of professional uh, executors to kind of stand along with you, help you navigate some of this stuff, but also take some of that liability or mitigate some of that liability for you. Um, for example, the executor has to ensure the financial health of the estate, say a stock mm -hmm. portfolio, houses, artwork are all part of the estate. And right. you've seen housing markets move tremendously, mm. uh, not even talking about stock markets. So, um, <laughs> you know, thinking about how these things can move in a short period of time. And then the other side of that coin, where there's heirs who are going to be looking at the executor very carefully saying, did you protect that value appropriately? You want to make sure this is a job you want to take on. Oh, yes. Failing to do so adequately can certainly leave to the executor breaching his or her fiduciary responsibilities and then creating that personal liability exposure. So, mm -hmm. you know, the liability is one thing, time commitments, time constraints. It's a lot of work with the paperwork especially if, you know, there's geographically spread out real estate or, or artwork in different um, domiciles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes stuff can get um, challenging to say the yeah. least. And then the tax returns and those filings, nothing mm -hmm. is quick about, you know, the time cycles of different, different right. um, eras. And the last part is angry errors. Uh, you'd never want to think about that. I, no. I certainly 
like that that is the exception to the rule but every now and then there, there's you know somebody who can who can get um concerned and you know that you have to tell someone they have to wait or here's how the process is going but there can yeah. be a tension there and you you know you want to make sure that in safeguarding the family's assets that's something you want to sign up for so one of the most yeah. effective ways to mitigate those risks is really to to keep accurate records keep mm -hmm. you know the actions you take detailed and also just to be aware that you know you you are able to demonstrate you've handled your duties accurately and responsibly those are the main um the main the main issues to keep in mind but last but not least just kind of i've said this a couple times i'll circle back to it always keep in mind that when being asked to be an executor or asking someone to be an executor it's a great honor and a privilege and also it's something that if you know it's something that you don't want to necessarily learn about or take on all the responsibilities yourself just like with hiring a CPA to help with taxes or an attorney to help with filing paperwork, consider, you know, engaging a professional trustee who, you know, an administrative trustee who can work as an executor. And sometimes that that cost is absolutely worth considering um, just to, as, even as a co-executor. You don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to say you're not going to do the job, but you're just going to engage someone to, to help make sure it's yeah. done right. Yeah, there are a few massive takeaways from today. I mean, not that we're out here, James, to try and deter anybody from doing it, but we want to obviously lay out the roles and responsibilities that, that you know, come with the position. Uh, you know, it's do not take a DIY approach. You know, don't try and do it yourself in some instances. Utilizing outside help can, can ultimately benefit you in the long run so that you can mitigate any chance of that personal liability when it comes down to the road. So anyway, James, really appreciate the conversation today. I know today's was a little bit different when it comes to kind of the, you know, the air, the legacy of an estate, that dynamic. We've had a few of those conversations so far, but I like this one a lot today because uh, sure, you want to do right by the people you're close to. So if you're approached with this question to be an executor, you know, you really should think about it long and hard before making that decision because of everything that you've helped line out or lie out for us today. So James, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it today. Glad to hear from you. Thanks so much. And look, hey, we want to thank you, our listeners, our viewers, for joining us here on the LinkedIn Live, or if you're with us after the fact, we really appreciate it. If you like the content, you liked what you saw and heard today, feel free to comment, subscribe, share this information with friends and family. Ultimately, again, it's in the show name. It's advice you can trust. James and I are going to be hitting new topics each episode, stuff that could be applied to your own financial portfolio, and we would hate for you to miss out on it. So for James Nichols, I'm Ryan Ruff saying so long, and thank you so much for joining us on today's installment of Advice you can trust.